Hey guys, welcome to Can You Take Me Higher? Once again, I'm Nathan, and on the other end, I've got Jordan. How's it going over there? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for having me again. Well, I guess I'm a co-host now. Oh, yeah. By the way, Jordan is the new official co-host of Can You Take Me Higher? Um, So to all our six regular listeners, um, (laughs) that's a big development. True. Alright, so Jordan, what are we covering this week? Yeah, I can't think of any others, really. Um, I'd have to look. It's really weird. Like, even whenever you hear the dude talk, uh, Gavin Rossdale, he's been, his accent has been Americanized pretty, pretty heavily. Oh, yeah. If I could say that. Yeah, you can say Um, that. Yeah. And, uh, actually... One of the fun facts about Bush that I've, I've realized when doing a good, you know, 10 to 30 minutes of research uh, is they actually had a lawsuit battle with the Canadian band that was actually named Bush. Oh yeah, I saw that. Which, which was, a, unfortunately, it wasn't like a Canadian post-grunge band. It's a little, it's like a 1970s band named Bush. Bush from Canada, so that, that kind of brought the, the full circle of, you know, post-grunchness, where, you know, of course, the, the head, or shall I say the butt of post-grunch, <laughs> is, is of course the Canadian band Nickelback, so, yeah, so yeah, they, uh, they're really not the worst band, and I, I, th- I think whenever we go through this album, I'm, you know, there's not going to be the usual, um, it's not going to be the typical butt rock formula, if you will. Um, there's there's going to be some some attempt at wokeness, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Would you would you say this was maybe the first tried and true post grunge album? So maybe. when did this when did this come out? This was the tail end of 1994. <laughs> so the wow. same year Cobain died. He died in like April, I think. Yeah, and it's really weird, like, so, I don't know if you've had, like, the full the full history of, I think you did a little bit of, of the history in your first episode of Post Grunge, mm-hmm. but it seems to me like this is, like, so close to the grunge movement that it's, like, kind of, I don't know, it's, it's so close to, to the grunge movement, it's, it's almost grunge, but... Right, it and is. They, they, they just kind of continued on to the point where, you know, it's just post. <laughs> yeah, like the only thing that makes it post-grunge is like it happened after, you know, Kurt died. Um, yeah, it's... I, I think the way I heard it described was they were just trying to make a grunge album that sounded exactly like grunge. Yeah. Um, but the thing about grunge was that all the bands sounded different from each other. There were, like, a few kind of unifying characteristics and, like, uh, a a similar aesthetic, but, you know, Pearl Jam was very different from Nirvana. 
was very different from Soundgarden and all that, but Bush just yeah. kind of put it all in a blender and came out with this thing. Yeah, you don't. I mean, correct if I'm wrong, but I, I'm I'm thinking of any other genres that that basically have like you don't have post rap, you don't have <laughs> post reggae, you don't have post pop. Yeah, well, yeah, post below. <laughs> Dude, he, he is like the post he is like the post grunge of hip hop. Like oh, oh my gosh. That's yeah, a whole other yeah. conversation. Sure. That's not not what our viewers signed up for, but whatever. Yeah, they they can hate tweet me if they need to. Yeah. Well you've got uh, you, you do have post punk. That was like a thing in the eighties, like all those new wave bands like The Cure and Depeche Mode and stuff like that. They were considered post-punk, but they don't really yeah. sound punk. Yeah, and, and I guess there's like there's different genres of, of kind of the same family, but like genre, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where, you, where you have, you know, pop-punk, you have uh, emo, yeah, just several different things that kind of revolve around the, the punk genre. But yeah, I, I guess back to the main point, um, yeah, I mean, this is just so close to movement that I mean th- there's some characteristics that almost make it sound a lot like Nirvana so to your point it's why it's called post crunch is because it's, it's kind of almost sounds like it's kind of an like imitation of a grunge band yeah yeah you know you, you could you could make the argument that Creed was like a, an attempted copy of, of Pearl Jam kind of thing but I don't know do you think so? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's the, the, the trying voice. to be Nirvana. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Gavin Rossdale, which <laughs> for some reason, whenever I, I thought of Gavin Rossdale, I, I had the image of a, uh, you remember Gavin DeGraw? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, oh, wow, it's him. Uh, it's like, did not seem grunge, but. No. Yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. Hey, uh, I feel like for the purposes of clarity, we should refer to him as Gavin W. Bush. Gavin W. Bush. Are you yeah. opposed to that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. That's Sweet. Fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that I I feel like with the just just for like another little background thing, a lot of their songs are kind of anti-war, which is just kind of like a general. It's a general like bandwagon that any artist of any genre mm-hmm. just kind of like, pops on. There's like, oh, I hate war. I want peace. You want want to solve world hunger? You just kind of attack all these generic things. Um, you know, say no to racism kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, yeah, everybody's kind of on that that bandwagon. Um, it's just it's kind of like almost like Woodstock in a nutshell, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm surprised they didn't like come out with like a like a like a song that's to the extent of like Bush hates you know Bush like Bush <laughs> W Bush or I mean yeah. honestly where they started another I, I think what when did H W Bush when he, was he in office he was like eighty nine to ninety three so this was Bush was big when there was no Bush in office true okay never mind yeah. Yeah, 
But he's still going to criticize H.W. Bush, you know? Yeah. Even though, they, even though that Clinton was in the office, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Clinton just didn't have as good of a ring to it for a band name. Yeah. One other thing that's slightly surprising to me, um, from what I kind of read, you know, in Wikipedia, of course, uh, they didn't really have a very good following in the UK. Yeah, I saw that. It just seems like the the post-grunge movement is, like, only popular here. Like, I don't even know if it's even popular. Is it popular in Canada? Like, I, I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were, I mean, it's not just Nickelback that came from Canada. There were quite a few butt rock bands that came from Canada. But like, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, it's, it's popular, like, like a, as, like, a, as a genre choice for Canadian bands, but is there actually an audience over there, do you think? I'm sure there is. Yeah. I mean, like, so, I know Nickelback's won a bunch of Juno Awards, which, the way they do Juno Awards in Canada, like, it's not even, like, judging how good it was. It was just, like, an award for selling a lot of albums. I'm pretty sure. Oh. That's how they do their awards. Sure. <laughs> so. That, that, that's pretty much how anybody does any awards nowadays. It's just how well you can market it. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've literally never paid attention to the Grammys. Like, yeah, I have I don't know. With with the Spotify era, it's extremely refreshing to be able to choose what what music you listen to. Yeah. And uh, and not have to listen to the radio, like you know, it, yeah. it, if Spotify when it came out like a while ago, I would I would probably have little idea of what looks of an angel was. Mm-hmm. And so. but then you wouldn't be on this podcast. And your life would be that much less fulfilling. I, I like the optimistic reframe there. So, yeah. I like that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think we both knew all the big hits from this song. That being uh, Glycerine and Come Down and Machine Head. So, I never heard Come Down before. Really? That's, that's, I don't think I have oh. until, until I actually listened to this album. Do, do you know the backstory of this album? Like, why it's called 16 Stone? No. Uh, okay. I don't. I, like, the details are kind of fuzzy in my mind, but I think, like, Stone is like, oh, what is it? Like, it's like 16 pounds or something like that in, like, in English terminology. Oh, okay. And so, like, apparently there was, like, one of the band members, and, and this, this does kind of sound a little bit douchey to name like an album this once you hear the story but apparently one of the band members was doing like some sort of Craigslist like dating almost like equivalent of Craigslist I guess um and it was like supposed to be like a Swedish model but it actually turned out to be a woman who was like 40 years old and 16 stone which is basically like 240 pounds or something like that and so they basically essentially named the woman, like they, they named the album after you know, the the woman that kind of oversold herself, yeah. if you will. Yeah, dude. What I've noticed is this album title. It, it's really hard to say without like a, a post grunge voice. Like it, it just yeah. lends itself sixteen stone. Like <laughs> yeah. it lends itself so well to being like 
said in that manner. True. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, without further ado, I guess we should uh, get started on this thing. I absolutely agree. Let's okay. All right. First well, song. Everything's in. Everything's in. Um, I'll just start it here. See what happens. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, I, I had a little trouble hearing that, but oh, it's my okay. bad. I, it might be different for like whenever we actually wrap it up in the podcast. But yeah, I, I, I think I've heard. I think I heard enough though. Still. Okay. To, 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 get, to get the gist. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I looked up the lyrics, and at first you're just like, it's nonsense. But you know, there are people on Genius who are saying that he's taking stuff from like. Uh, David Bowie and Tom Waits. So they have some musical knowledge. Like this isn't Daughtry. You know, Daughtry is like inspired 100% by butt rock. Like they have influences outside of just grunge. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have you done the Daughtry episode yet? Just, yeah, just, yeah. I did that uh, like yeah. a month ago or so. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Uh-huh. Anyway, anyway. Sorry. Back to, back to Bush. Back to the Bush. That, that was a technique that I, that I call beating around the bush. Actually, it's, it's, when, it's when you avoid talking about bush and just go and talk about something different. So the vast majority of the world is always beating around the bush. Sure, right. Yeah. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be funny if, like, you know, for, like, 9-11 truthers, if they were just like, if they were, like, in, like, a Senate hearing, and, like, the, the senator tries to, like, tries to, like, go, like, uh, do, um, he tries to, like, deflect the question. They're like, quit beating around the bush. Bush did not <laughs> Dude, on that note, did, did you find any, like, uh, 9-11 hints in this whole album? Dude, there, there are a little bit. <laughs> I think the shooting head could be, because it, it sounds like it's, Oh, oh, wait, wait, and then there's Bomb. I don't know, well, I'll have to look look deeply into the lyrics to see if I can find something. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so so everything's zen, zen, but it's like, no, 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 it's not. (laughs) They don't do the no, 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 like as in a musical Yeah, I don't think so! That's what he keeps saying, yeah. Yeah. And he, he also says, I don't believe that Elvis is dead. Four times. Yeah. Why does he say that, you know? Does that make any... Like, what... He... Obviously, Elvis stands for something in his mind. And what exactly... What exactly is that? Is, is, is Elvis not being dead? I'm assuming it's some... Oh. Like, figurative... Like, figuratively, Elvis is still alive. Like, I highly doubt that he's just, like, like 
actually saying that Elvis is still alive, like, you Dude, know, he's, like he's, he's saying we should believe conspiracy theories, especially when 2001 hits. Sure, right. <laughs> when, when did Elvis die? Like, the, <laughs> the mid-70s, I think. Yeah, that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. To say that he's been alive for, for 20 years after his proclaimed death. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it has, like, a bunch of references, but it's just, like, if you look at the lyrics at face value, they're just, you know, they're, they're pretty much something you'd expect somebody that's just completely high to write. Mm-hmm. Which is just kind of the way that all, all these lyrics are. You, you, you know that there's something he's trying to say, but it's just, like, and, you know, something that makes sense in his head, in his machine head. Um... <laughs> But, uh, he's oh I get it now he's a machine head because like his head is just kind of like a computer that spouts off random gr- like groupings of words to well, create lyrics his head's a machine cool. yeah that, that's actually similar to one of the interpretations of that song we'll, we'll get into that later yeah yeah alright um, but yeah any other thoughts on, on this song dude no, well, I guess the only thing is, like, there's no sex in your violence. Now, like, that made me think, now it's like the opposite is true with post-grunge bands. Like, Nickelback will be like, there's there's violence in your sex. You're mad at me. I can yeah. tell by the way you do it. Yeah, and, and Hinder, that was, that was, that was oh, far yeah. from Definitely, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, ready for Swim? Oh, oh, one one more thought about the song. I, I just really like the start of the song, where it's just like, Fly to Los Angeles, <laughs> find my asshole brother. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, okay, I'm sure, I'm sure his brother really appreciates that shout out. Yeah, it's uh, Devin yeah, Rossdale like, or or Kevin Rossdale. Seems Chad like Rossdale. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, Dale Rossdale. Dale, Dale Ross Rossdale. <laughs> Dress for less. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, well, here's Swim. Can you hear it? Yeah. Where are the lyrics? Come on. Okay, that's the best lyric right there. So, like, going into this, I was like, huh, it'd be funny if we drank Bush while talking about Bush. But I'm not a sociopath, so I, I don't drink Bush. Um, and then they reminded me all we need is water and friends. <laughs> Yeah, maybe all we need is water and friends. That's one of the lyrics. <laughs> Let me, uh, I need to actually look up the lyrics to this this one. Uh huh. 
Just, just for funsies. Uh, so, what, what, what do you think? What's, what do you think he was going for with this song? Like, what besides besides the the bold statement that all you need is water and friends? Um, it says, I want to be just like you. I want to feel right through you. Later on, he's like, I want to fit inside you. I want a room inside you. Um, you give and 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 you and you just that's how the song ends. It's like uh it's like how you like write like worship lyrics. You repeat the same thing fifty times. Dude, that that last line you give and you give, that could that could be a worship song. Um that's just true. Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to it right now again, just just so I can see if I remember anything that I any uh, any revelations that I have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the point in the album where I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think there's gonna be anything that is a vast departure from anything else on the album. Like for me, it was yeah. definitely like I've heard the singles, like I definitely. I get this album, like, alright. But, hey, we're only two-twelfths of the way through. One of the lines that says, Temple, Temple is you, and my brow is insane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's... I don't even know. Poor on the rise, rich on the fall. This cripples with you, as in like, I don't know, calling somebody a cripple, and then fame is a whore. I don't really know. I, I don't know what what this, this is supposed to be doing. No, it, the thing is, like, like Gavin W. Bush is definitely coming from like the, uh, like the Kurt Cobain school of writing lyrics, like. I mean, Kurt Cobain wrote a oh, yeah. lot of nonsense. It wasn't like, wasn't kind of like one of his, wasn't like, spells like Teenage Spirit, like, one of the points of the song was that, like, he could just write nonsense and it could become a number one album if, if it had a good riff. Yeah, probably. It, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there's people that say that. There's like, yeah, he, that was like the whole point of the song was like, and, and I know that there's, there are a few other songs that I'm like, Achieved the same thing. Like, I don't know if you've, um, I don't know if you've heard the song from the, the Blues Brothers, The Hook. Yeah, I don't think so. It's actually, I, I don't really know if you're like a Blues Brothers fan. It's actually a pretty good song, but like, the dude just, uh, he like, just essentially sprays out nonsense whenever he's, like, singing verses. And then, like, at, at the chorus, he's like, the hook brings you back. So, like, basically saying, like, his his hook, the chorus, is, like, what, like, brings people back to, like, actually, like, engaging with the song. Uh-huh. That's the only part of the song that anybody knows is, like, the actual hook. Like, mm-hmm. nobody could actually say the lyrics in the verse. Yeah. Because it just makes no sense. But yeah, man. That's, yeah. A bit of a, that's a bit of an aside. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. Know. Let's stay on track here. Um, I mean, we should probably talk about Bomb. 
Yeah, probably, yeah. All right, you ready for that? I still hear uh, you. You still listening uh, to Swim? Yeah. You really like this album, don't you? I do. This man. is it's, yeah. Uh, like Sixteen Stone, it's uh, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All and, right. And sw- swim, swim was pretty deep. <laughs> so we, we we swam pretty deep into that one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, here's Bomb. Oh, that's boring. (laughs) Yeah, so it was quiet. And they got loud. There's a song on pretty much every album I've covered that does that. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. real clever. Yeah, well, the, the start of it, the start of Bomb, it, it sounds sounds very, um, <laughs> you've heard Heart-Shaped Box, right? Yeah. It, it has like a similar, similar, uh, like riff and the, the verse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, like that, that, that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, this, this just sounds like the start of like a Nirvana, like a Nirvana song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, dude, yeah, the lyrics. <laughs> what, what do you think he means by wanted to buy you shiny red things? What, what are the shiny uh, red things? Ruby. Yeah. Uh, so so later so later apparently he makes a reference to Jekyll, which I looked up Jekyll, and it's actually J- J- a, Jekyll. What? Jekyll. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it, it is J E K Y L L. Wait, you you don't know what that is? Doctor Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Wait, what? You you haven't heard of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde? I never have. No. Yeah, yeah, dude. That was like a um shoot. I forgot who wrote it. It was like a nineteenth century. Yeah, the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde is a book by um Robert Louis Stevenson. Yeah, it's like a classic. Like he's like a, a scientist. He's like Dr. Jekyll, but then, like, he drinks a potion or something and becomes Edward Hyde, and then he's, like, evil. Oh, okay. You, 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 you thought Jekyll was, like, some, like, low-grade hip-hop artist or something? Like No, well, yeah, it could have been this track, I guess. Like, uh, Kamikaze. I mean, I, I thought, so... So whenever I looked up Jekyll, as I, as I will now be telling um, is one of the things that I noticed is that there is a there is a um, a platform, some sort of software that's written in the language. Get this, Ruby. So, hinting back to 
something that is shiny and red, it's all connecting together, is mm. basically what I'm saying. Mm. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. You know what else was shiny and red was um, the, the alleged Twin Towers when they allegedly caught on fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. I don't think anybody's disputing that. Oh. Per se. <laughs> Dude. I, I think the biggest dispute is whether or not... Uh, whether or not uh, steel beams can melt. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. For sure. Jet, jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but hey, that's... I mean, that's not a big thing to me. That's really just a, a little thing. If you catch my drift. Sure. Cause, little thing. Because yes. the next song is little things ready got it all right Yeah, okay, I, I kind of, I can get behind this song. Not bad. You can get behind its butt rock. Oh, Summer is Winter, and you always knew. Um, I guess Gavin W. Bush doesn't believe in global warming. Well, was global warming a thing back then? I don't know. Dude, I'm, I'm sure they were onto something back then. I don't sure know. I'm sure they were, I, was I a, don't know. No, no, it was a thing. He just popularized it. No, I think Al Gore was the one that found it. And he also, I think he invented the internet as well. <laughs> right, also found Man Bear Pig. True. Dude, what a guy. So, I actually, so, <clears throat> there are some interpretations of this song, at least. Um, Where are you finding these interpretations? They're not I actually, on. I actually forget where I found this one. Believe it or not, I think it was in Wikipedia or uh-huh. something. But I, I think I think this one was just talking about how the little things come in his mind or something like that. Hmm. Which I don't know. Like whenever you listen to any of his lyrics, you could you could probably infer that there's some weird things happening in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can see it's the little things that kill, tearing at my brains again. Yeah. That kill. It's the little things that kill. Yeah, like spiders. That there's an attempt of of you know describing his his mental state and his battle with anxiety, you know. Uh huh. So I don't know. Like I said, an attempt at wokeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's also addicted to love and addicted to bullshit. He admits <laughs> in the bridge. Dude, we all. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. Um, 
Yeah, man. Um, ready for a come down? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we. I don't know if we come down from that. So. From this cloud. From this cloud. It's taken us yes. all this time to find out what this means. Like. Yeah, yeah, come down. Dude, I don't even, like, think about this song when it comes on. It's it's almost background music to me. Not yeah. bad, it's just... I, I don't even think about it. It's kind of like a... It's like hearing Coldplay at, like, Target. Dude, it's just kind of there. You and I have different views on Coldplay. That's, that's for another... Another time, that's for, but that's for, that's for a different podcast, I my, my my views are more nuanced now Cross than fire, they were. Oh, <laughs> uh, what if there was just a, a musical crossfire? That would be that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Just like this person thinks that butt rock is not good. This person <laughs> loves butt rock. Join the debate. This person I is think. Gavin Rossdale. Yeah, this is Chris Daughtry. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it. I never really looked at the lyrics. He, uh, like, it's definitely like about drugs. Like he's saying, "Shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, you're high." Never really caught that. I didn't think about what he was saying because, again, I don't even think about the song being on when it is. <laughs> the only uh, genius annotation was all police are paranoid, and uh, it was an anonymous. No, it wasn't. It's Moose Jaw. He said, when you're given any kind of power, you're much more vigilant for reasons to justify its use. Just like a police officer waiting to jump on perceived threats to public safety. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. That's, that's pretty... Not, not, quite, not quite as good as Malik, Malik the Freak, but... You mean Malik you know, the Freak? Malik, Malik the Freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this song's pretty, uh, it's pretty simple, but it's, I mean, you, I mean, just like any of his other songs, so, like, at the same time, you, like, you don't really know, like, like, what he's, like, actually saying in most of the verses, but the chorus seems pretty clear to me that he's just, like, saying, I don't want to come down from this high, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, <clears throat> it, it has some... It has some some weight to it, where it's like, you know, anybody that that has like dealt with like any kind of substance, whether that's, I mean, for for me, I'm gonna say it's coffee or like beer, but like there's just like that perfect, you know, there's like that perfect caffeine rush or whatever, or yeah. that perfect you know buzz, and then like all of a sudden it comes down and it's just. You have, you know, withdrawal, and it's, it sucks. I am not an alcoholic, but, you know, just anybody that's, you know, 
drink a beer before. Yeah. They would, or drink coffee before. There's, there's always, you know, for every positive, there's, there's an equal negative, you know? Yeah. That's exactly how Newton put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was talking about fig Newtons, you know? So, like, if you eat a bunch of them, then, you know, you'll feel good for a little while, and then, you know, you kind of get fat, and then you're just like, oh. I don't think there is a good amount of Fig Newtons to eat, except none. Uh But, I don't know, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Agree, disagree. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so I'm already looking at the lyrics to to Body, and uh, this one's a goldmine, so we good to start playing it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. the guitar work on that um just musically you know yeah i kind of do yeah there's a key change and stuff i think was that a key change i wasn't listening that intently i think there was. I, mean, I, I mean i actually listened to it all the way through yeah um dude but dude the first lyric hush child lay your sweet lips on me um, um that didn't age well yeah that no that's that's, uh, that's really just ever referring to like your love interest as like a child. Just I don't care how old they are. I mean, I do care how old they are. They need to be of legal age, but uh, just yeah. don't don't say that. Um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of weird, dude. But then at the bottom yeah. it says lick these. <laughs> Wait, oh, there, there's a... he says lick these my ruby lips. So back to Ruby from that whatever song that was. Dude. And Ruby Lips, aka Lips of an Angel. Oh, I feel dude. like a lot of a lot of stuff has been taken from Bush as like the formula for post grunge. Yeah. You could see I don't know if you think that Paralyzer would count as a post grunge song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well it says Oh you paralyzed. Oh, you paralyzed. Yeah, I think I think that's a uh, that's a definite. Um, yeah, that's a definite uh, in there for sure. Yeah, yeah, dude. Except I, I, I feel like Hinder is the kind of band who like doesn't even know who Bush is. Like they they just sure. listen to like Nickelback. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe it's just like a chain, like a, a grunge chain, if you will, like a food chain. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to draw that someday and put that on the Instagram. Yeah, just kind of like a, kind of like a, uh, like one of those like conspiracy like charts where you have like the the strings that are like attached. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Have you seen the the meme from from uh, Sunny in Philadelphia? It's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know, but I'll I'll, I'll take your word for it. Oh, please do. Anyway, yeah, um, dude, yeah, and 
and here on Genius, they they misspell some things like better than me. You're a woman, not a woman. <laughs> you're a woman. I could listen again to see maybe he actually did say you're a woman, because I wouldn't like put it past him to say something that absurd. This I don't know. I I can't ever make sense of his lyrics. It's just so. Will we stay friends? Will you come again? Will Will you come again? Will we stay friends? He uses a ton of repetition, but it's like, okay, you're repeating stuff, but the stuff just still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you can repeat it as much as you want to, but it's just like, it's something that makes sense to him. Yeah. Kind of like amateur songwriting slash, you know, throwing a few big words just to make make you seem a little bit smart. But yeah, like nobody could ever really figure out what these songs are all about, except for I'm assuming "Body" is just about some sort of relationship. I don't know. It's yeah. Well, he says seven days and my system is free again. We rise, lose it, oblivious. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know. Lose it, we we rise, lose it, oblivious. Like there's just like no commas. No, 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 there there isn't no punctuation there. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm guessing drugs, but <laughs> sure. Is this song about drugs or is this song influenced by drugs or both? Um, definitely both. I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Um ready for Machine Head. Machine Head. Alright, here we go. I think the, I think it's a diss track about Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have to talk about that. Wait, where's the chorus? Alright. Um, not even gonna lie. One of my favorite butt rock songs of all time. It's good song. Like, like this this song <laughs> this is funny. On Genius, it's uh, <laughs> on Genius, they have this down as grunge, rock, and rap. <laughs> rap? <laughs> I, whatever, sure. <laughs> Alright. I, 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 I love how it said like nine contributors and not one was like, this isn't rap. Like, what are, what is, what is the connection to rap? Is it the, the breathe in, breathe Dude, I don't know. <laughs> but you're thinking about Radiohead. Um, so that's got me thinking, like, did Radiohead ever, like, respond to this? And um, you know how, like, Hail to the... Like, Hail to the Thief was, like, apparently about George Bush. Like, what if it's actually about this Bush? 
could be it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There. Right. I, I, I got another call. Whatever you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. Um. Obviously, it wasn't like a a real theory. Not like any of the theories I have are real. Wait. Real quickly, though. On that note, what what exactly is Hamilton? Well, I'm pretty sure Hail to the Thief, because, like, Hail to the Chief, and it was released in, like, I think 2003, which was, like, the Iraq War and stuff, so, and Tom York is, like, a pretentious British person. It's not like he, um, would like George W. Bush. Yeah. Yeah, no, Tom York, from my experience, he just really does not like any kind of system of government. He's very... He's very anarchist, I think. Yeah. Does he like anything? I think... I, I don't know. Just He seems very... He seems very anarchist, like, in his writings. Like, if you had to put him in a box, you could just say that, like, he just, you know, is not a, not a fan of, of the corporate machine. Head. Yeah. 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 I got you. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's not much to talk about with the lyrics. Um, just, I don't really care what the lyrics are. This is a good song. Like, if, if, if you're, I, mean, I think the lyrics, the two meanings that it could possibly be going for is like one is like once again just talking about like <laughs> it could be talking about terrorism. Oh, I don't right. Know if it's, or it eleven could be talking about addiction to technology. Hmm. Ready for testosterone. Oh, of course. All right. Dude, yeah, when I first heard this, I wasn't looking at the songs, and then I, I heard it, and I was like, okay. Um, this is like the most butt rock song on the album, and I looked, and it's called Testosterone. I was like, sounds about... This song, it's... What's the word I'm looking for? It's I, it, it almost, is a... It's almost satire. It, it is, think. yeah. It's definitely... It's irony. It's about... Yeah, it's like being a, a big man who likes guns, and... Um, Super self, dude. My dog just farted so loud. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. It's just, just the butt rock, you know. Right. <laughs> I love how it's just like I shave with Gillette, shave with Gillette, and I'm patting my back, patting my back, patting like, my back. It's like, yeah, what's wrong with Gillette? Like, dude, not... well, it's it's the best a man can get. That's that's what he's that's what he's saying. He's just like these are the things that that describe. <laughs> Men. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean the song actually is kind of clever because like post grunge would totally turn into this, but totally in an unironic sense. If that's what he's going for, I, maybe. I mean, it seems like he's like he's making he's just kind of pointing the finger at like 
right wing war hawks or something like that where it's like got a big gold gun gold gun yeah got yeah, a he big is. gold bullet real yeah. full of it yeah i'm a whore <laughs> yeah i am a whore just <laughs> dude, there's some words he uses so much he says whore so much he says skin um yeah you know glycerin glycerin <laughs> yeah like if, if you just heard this you'd be like okay the song is stupid douchey song like you can just visualize like somebody like lifting to this yeah yeah it's like i don't think i I see what you're saying like how it's like it's kind of like uh almost a foreshadowing of what post grunge turned itself into which is just basically misogynist yeah um which i don't think I, i feel like bush really isn't misogynist no. At least so far, like what I've seen, like it's or at least it's nothing to whatever gold standard we've already set with Nickelback and uh, and Hinder. Hinder. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Th- this song is just another. I-, I feel like most of these songs are either about drugs or they're about like anti-war, anti like violence. Yeah, it's like you know I'm got testosterone i got a big gold gun yeah it's just i don't know it's it's another like this actually this song makes the most sense out of any of them yeah it does is is, is that is that fair to say yeah it's fairly easy to interpret when you look at the lyrics for sure yeah okay um so anyway yeah that was testosterone uh ready for monkey yeah I, I guess so, yeah. Uh, okay, where'd Spotify go? Here we go. Um... All right, that's enough. Um, I don't remember much about this song. It, it didn't stick with me. Um, what about you? I mean, yeah, this like it goes. <laughs> Dude, there's another reference about skin. maybe like we kiss everything yeah yeah that's what he says um you're a retrograde a vacancy like he uses big words that you would never find in any other post-grunge band mm, yeah like, i don't know yeah man but I, I i don't understand why why he's calling himself a monkey um on a tri- maybe on a tri- is that like a is that like a reference to like a 
psychological experiment, like a, a monkey on a trip or something like that? Or Maybe, or you know how like monkeys eat their own poop, and maybe he's talking about the monkey like dripping poop and then eating <laughs> it later. Yeah, and maybe that's like a reference to what post-grunge is going to become, is that they eat the crap of grunge bands, mm. and, and then crap that out. Oh man, this album just foreshadowed so much. Can we get Gavin W. Bush on here to, to come like talk about this? Oh, dude! Speaking of that, I actually, I actually forgot that he, he actually dated Courtney Love. No way! No wonder yeah. he sounds so much like. Well, that, that's, that's, what she, that's what she said. Is, uh, <laughs> is like she was saying that she got a bunch of crap from people because he sounded exactly like Cobain is what she said. Yeah. And she also, so I guess that didn't last probably because Gavin was afraid that she was going to kill him. (laughs) And then uh, he ended up marrying Gwen Stefani. Oh yeah, I saw that. And then that lasted for actually a while, I think. Mm -hmm. And then now she's with Blake Shelton. Yeah, was that a step up or a step down for her? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking down. Well, in a musical sense, like, associating yourself with Blake Shelton might be a step down. Yeah, well, that's all that matters in relationships, is the kind of musical transaction going on there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but back to this, sorry. <laughs> this this lyrics these lyrics I don't know it, it seems like maybe he says the mind is all <laughs> the first lyric hmm. the mind is all I I guess I could see maybe where he's going with this as well mm-hmm. where he's like, basically everything that we are is... The, our minds that's that's basically what our personalities are composed of and also you know we say we love it's the skin we're in so just basically saying you know that's that's what we say is love is you know just how attractive somebody is to us i guess yeah yeah i'm, I'm, get, I'm giving him a lot of credit here yeah, he's he's saying like it's it's just the glycerine in our system that's doing this to us. Dude, okay, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that next. <laughs> Dude, that, that's that's a that's a perfect segue. So I don't really have what, what what's a, what's this? You might know this actually. What's a lion face and what's a Sancho? Okay, so Sancho Sancho Panza was a uh, he was a real figure in the Mexican Revolution. Lion Face, however, um, I just looked up and there really isn't. There's like some band called Lion Face. It's relatively new. Um, I don't think they have anything to do with each other. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I am Lion Face. No. What, what, was, what was Sancho Panza known for? Just, just being, being like a, he was a revolutionary, basically. He says, I am lion face, no Sancho Panza. Like, is he saying that, like, he's not a revolutionary, or... Dude, I... Oh, I have no idea. 
we're thinking way too too deeply into this. Well, it's we're way too under his skin. Sure, sure. I guess so. We're the mind is all. I mean, it it seems like some of this is like making a statement about like love, and then some of it is just like you know he's saying stuff like set them on fire. They're all the same. It's like he's trying to make some sort of like anti-war statement in there and basically every single song just kind of comes back to like anti-violence and anti-war which is kind of funny to think about whenever you watch like the Woodstock like the Woodstock video and like everybody's just like moshing so it's like a band that's like doing these like these uh you know super hardcore riffs and everybody's like moshing but it's like talking about don't be violent, don't be violent. Meanwhile, everybody's just like, you know, punching each other in the face in the, the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Ironic. Don't you think? A little bit, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, I guess it's glycerine time. That's all I got to say about that. Guess I gotta stop it at some point. Oh. Uh, you could let it go a little bit longer, but you know, it's a okay. guy. Yeah. So, th- this song, musically, it's it's pretty simple. Pretty simple, yeah. I mean, you got, you got four chords that he sticks to the whole time. The, I the, there are a few others when he goes, Bad Moon White again. He changes it up I, a well, little. I, I looked at, so or does he? Yeah, I mean, I looked at the, the guitar tab, and it, it only had four chords listed, but I guess, I don't know, I don't know if that, my musical ear isn't, like, good enough to tell whether or not those are using the same chords, so I'd have to actually look it up, mm-hmm. but, um, just, you know, the same chords, but, like, in a different order, I suppose, like, yeah. you know, three of the four chords, but, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that lyrically, lyrically, this this one's actually one of the best. I think. Yeah. Um, It at least makes somewhat sense. Somewhat sensical. Yeah. Wasn't this? I think this one was featured in the uh, the famous four chord song, wasn't it? Uh, I think they do play this at one point. The the one like on YouTube where they like go through all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. One of the funny things is like glycerine is not a thing. There's glycerin. Um, there's no glycerine though. Yeah. I. I isn't like. Okay, so so here's the the genius annotation. So you, you might. Um. Yeah, you might find this as well, but. There's like a billion different like annotations on glycerin. 
mainly used in pharmaceutical and personal care products. He says here he is saying she is now dry, hard, and abrasive, and lost her sweetness. And glycerin is what may will make her soft, smooth, and sweet again. Who said that? They have a good name. Morpheus thirty three. Hmm. Yeah, he's got better ideas than Morpheus eighteen, I think. One guy, Echo with a K, <laughs> uh, said, I believe in an interview, Gavin. W. Bush said glycerin was in reference to nitroglycerin, which was a metaphor for the explosive nature of their love. Or the explosive nature of steel. Sure. Beams. Well, yeah, that, that's actually kind of that's actually kind of funny because that's that's one of the main things is uh, somebody was saying that like that, that's like one of their conspiracy theories is that like. That Bush used nitroglycerin to like blow up the, the twin towers, and apparently, like somebody got like I was like watching like a like a debunk the conspiracy theory video, and, like some dude like actually had nitroglycerin, and it's like not that explosive at all. Mm. But I don't know. Uh. Getting into different topics here. So, uh, in in the meantime, <laughs> I didn't listen to it, but under the glycerine Wikipedia page, I saw that. He actually did an acoustic version with Gwen Stefani in 2012. And I haven't looked at it, but the album artwork on this thing is just atrocious. Um, It makes me really not even want to listen, even, like, ironically. Do they have a Kids Bop version? No, so... Um, the first Kids Bop... (laughs) I can't believe I know this. It was, like, 1999, so... This is um, a little before Kids Bop. Yeah, like, yeah, like one for Smells Like, Smells Like Preschool Spirit. <laughs> Here we are now, entertain us. And now it's nap time, hit the cleaners. <laughs> it must be your skin. Yeah. Dude, uh, the fact that they had a not to get on a tangent again, <laughs> but it's funny that they had a lips, lips of an angel uh, kids bop version. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Five girls in the next room. Yeah. Like, how does that? What does that mean to a kid? Classroom, I guess. That yeah, that that happens. Like, you know, when you're in fifth grade and you go out with a girl from a different class um you don't interact that much like only recess so it's easy to i mean it is hard to be faithful yeah i mean that was my problem when i was 10 dude that's very true but uh but yeah back back to this (laughs) it's kind of kind of interesting that that him and gwen stefani actually made a cover or they did an acoustic version of this of the song, and <laughs> the funny thing is, like, the song's about. I mean, according to the annotations, it's about like a past relationship. <laughs> so like, they're singing about his past relationship together. Mm-hmm. Relationship, like they're, they're singing about this past relationship and like how 
you know, him reminiscing on this past relationship and the explosive love that they had, apparently. Mm. Yeah, and it did end, so it was like a future past relationship. Yeah. So, some, yeah, so some people made annotations to Glycerin that were like a little bit like too, too deep for what actually it was, because I think Gavin Bush said it was just about nitroglycerin. But apparently nitroglycerin didn't roll off the tongue. Dude, and it, it's still, it's nitroglycerin. It's not nitroglycerine. Yeah. But, hey, whatever. He coined a phrase. Um, so we can give him that much. <laughs> what's what's Bad Moon White again? <laughs> Dude, somebody thinks it's a reference to Bad Moon Rising um, by, like, CCR. Oh, what's Dude. that about? So, you, you have... Is that a book or is that a movie? Because you, you have you have better CCR noise. Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh, you know it was it was a Creed cover band. <laughs> no, it was. No, no, no. I I, I know what, I know what Credence Clearwater Revival is. I just never heard it called CCR. Oh yeah, I guess like the the big fans do that. Not that I'm one of them. Just yeah. want to abbreviate. Yeah. No. And that's a, that's a good reference because CCR was, um, they were an anti-war band. Hmm. So they're they're big into the the anti-Vietnam war scene. Oh yeah. So it's a reference to to CCR, but what exactly is CCR referring to? What do they say? Bad Moon White. Again? I don't know if they said that. Um, it's a play on the phrase "Bad Moon Rising." As in the CCR song. That's what Oscar said. Just Oscar. <laughs> one of the one of the other guys, I don't know if this is you, it says Nathan Nathan Novaki Etheridge says things are back to white again or things are good now that they are together. Mm. And it also says That was me. His really with yeah. Oh that was you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that yeah. Movie. Um uh, his relationship with her isn't always steady, but what it is, the anger and sadness he feels about her wash away. Okay. Mm. So he says, yeah, you, you're kind of, like, I kind of have, like, a, a way of, of making a Bush song. Like, I feel like I just need to use some of these words over and over again. Yeah. And this isn't, like, this isn't like a diss that's just for that's just relevant for uh, Bush. Like just about like any other artist, use they have these words that they love to say, and they just say them over and over again. They don't really even notice it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, skin. I all I have to do is just be like, "Must be your skin. I don't fit in. What's going on? I, I see a ruby." Under your skin, come over here, and I'll drip and monkeys. He makes references to moons and howling, which that will come into play later. Oh, the bonus content section. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, if we ever want to get there, we <laughs> we need to move sure. on to uh, shoot. What's the next track? Um, Alien. So Alien. Did Tom DeLonge write this song? What? Dude, it could have been Tom, or it could have been, been Radiohead. Mm. So, 
I don't know where to come in on this song. Start at, start at hey, hey, oh. <laughs> I, I don't know where that is. I'm sorry. Just... Yeah, there's, I don't know if there's a, a bigger distinctive mark of post-grunge than the use of hey, yeah, and no. Yeah. Often combined into hey, I, oh. Yeah, but uh, I I kind of like this song. It's not going to lie. Really? I, well, I, haven't, I didn't really listen to this one, actually, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. But... You play like the, the chorus. Like, which parts do you? Like? I, I think that's what I was playing. I mean, it's a long song, six and a half minutes. But the, the intro was like the intro was like freaking uh, angels and airways, basically in the length. So, like, so Tom like, DeLonge definitely wrote it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like it was like a minute like long intro, and there really wasn't anything to the intro except you know a bunch of haze and nose. Yeah. But, these words resonate with you? Um, I I don't know if any of his lyrics resonate with me, <laughs> but he's it's just about love and it's about being in a good state of love. Um, he says some weird stuff like you know second blonde child like velvet velvet, and and will you ring down in your cinematic love truck? Um. Yeah. Just, all Dude, right. <laughs> I I I've been looking for a cinematic love truck kind of relationship. I'm mm. gonna be honest, with it. but but you know, is is that what we want though? You know. Yeah. Is that what we really want is just you know the the love that we see on movies, or do we want the real thing? Mm. You know. Yeah. Dude, I think that's what he's going for. <sighs> Bro. The, the last song. <laughs> Dude, I, I didn't listen to this one either. Like, cause I, I basically got to glycerin, and I like I had to stop there because I was just like, "Well, this is pretty much it." You know, this is this is what makes the album. Yeah. Well, let let's let's check out ex girlfriend. No e, just ex girlfriend. Yes. Like an extra. 
Yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, I hate to go back in time. But I was hitting the back button. I wound up at glycerine on the bottom of the page, and a uh, caddy match um, has five years ago started inserting some biblical prophecy. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. Acts 2.20. So the bad moon, red as blood, has turned white again as she falls around him. So no more depressed, lonely outlook. No more into the world, dot, 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 worldview, dot, dot, dot. When they are together, it, yeah, uh, whatever. Okay, sorry. Back to ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if you heard me just laughing. Yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> at first I was like, at first, I was, like, thinking, like, okay, this is only 45 seconds. Like, what is this going to be? Because this is going to be, like, an instrumental, like, outro kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, like, a bunch of haze and O's. But apparently, it's just, it's just, you always call me when you're down. You yeah. Call you're Dude, which, hate to say this, but I think, I think, um, Hinter took this and kind of made an entire album off of that kind of thing no there really wasn't a good relationship in that entire album but anyway yeah that's isn't that a terrible way to end this album yeah why it wasn't necessary alien would have been a fine outro um maybe they're superstitious and like they have to end it with um like 12 songs like you can't end on an odd number yeah, I don't know. That's the only good reason for the song well, to exist. I kind of, I, I kind of know that to a weird thing. I, I had a weird roommate that only allow us to change the volume in multiple. <laughs> <laughs> really sounds sounds like a weird guy. Um, yeah, he was. Hope I don't have to meet him. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just stay away from the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. songs to finish on and it's kind of it's it's weird that like the, the last album that we had was basically started off as like traditional butt rock like you know mm-hmm. girls misogyny drugs alcohol etc and mm-hmm. a bunch of notes in between but Hender tried to like have some attempts at wokeness at the end. I feel like this album was attempts of wokeness just about the entire time. And then they end with this crap, mm-hmm. which is just like the the most generic and cliche ex girlfriend song you will ever find. Yeah, which hey. they, they they didn't even try to like throw in any more cliches. All they had was, you only call me when you're down, you only call me when you're down. Yeah. Which, I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it's, it sounded like a Green Day song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they call me when you're down. There was just like a whole, I don't know, song structure missing. It was just like, that was the only thing you could think of, and you just wrote a song. Mm-hmm. Which, that's... It's just a, it's a lazy, it's kind of lazy songwriting, but to be honest, he uses repetition a ton 
to a to kind of a lazy, lazy level, but you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of songwriters that can fall underneath that large umbrella. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so let's let's wrap this up. Let's give this thing a rating and put it. In yeah, the I've I've had mine in my head quite a while. I'm gonna give this a solid B. Uh, no B minus, no B plus, just a B. When I was 16, I probably would have really liked this if I'd owned the whole album. Um, you know, there's nothing here like reinventing the wheel, but there's nothing here that's just so awful. Um, like, yeah, it's, it is good. It's not great, um, but it's a little bit better than meh. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely there's some songs that I mean I think the question whenever I was trying to figure out like how I should be rating these the question was would you listen to some of these songs unironically and the answer to that is yes I, I probably would yeah. I mean they have Machine Head is, is will forever be like the pump up song for like football games, baseball games, whatever, yeah. where everybody, you know, all the white people go insane whenever they hear that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's This this band sounds, I mean, Gavin sounds like, you know, he sounds a lot like Cobain. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, a, I think the biggest criticism for Bush that I was seeing was like, that's just a, it's an inferior Nirvana derivative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's the best criticism. Because besides that, they're really, musically, they're not that bad. Lyrically, they're insane, but, you know, there's tons of bands that are, that are good. Yeah, I, and there's like a purpose behind their insanity, you know? There's usually some kind of a point they're getting at. You know what I mean? Like it, it's thoughtful they're, insanity. They're mad, they're madness. Yeah. Um, you could definitely see some things that were that were taken by the rest of the post crunch movement and kind of you know made worse, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, this band is it. it seems like their their heart is. As, as cliche as this is to say, it seems like their heart, their heart is kind of in the right place. Yeah. I mean, as bad as it is to say that, I hate to say it, but um, it seems like they want to have a positive impact through their music versus being like, all I want to do is talk about misogyny, drugs, alcohol, and I don't know. And how I'm not going to change. Yeah. It seems like a lot of their stuff is, is like, um, it's kind of just, it's a little bit generically anti-war, because I, I feel like, I feel like that's just like a bandwagon that like any artist can really, you know, hop on, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, you're not really doing anything new, I mean, everybody's. You know, there's been a ton of artists that have been like anti-war. Well, you got you got pro-war artists too, like uh, Three Doors Down. They're a <laughs> citizen soldier. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. There there are a lot of like conservative artists. Yeah. Like Kobe Key, Three Doors Down, that were 
really value the, the military. Um, I, I wouldn't say that's, that's pro-war. I'd just say it's like pro-military support, just to, be, just to be fair. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to cover three doors down sometime. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think that should be about three away. Just, just two, two more. And then... Yeah, one would be too soon. Two would be too soon. I tend to rate albums just by how much I like them. But so, so it's it's not in context. It's like it's like I would be comparing this to to music that I like, like Twenty One Pilots, Front Bottoms, which is ironically not but wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, if you're comparing it for me, you know, if I was comparing it to The Bends, or for you, like I don't know, every Coldplay album. I know, I know, but but I probably so the gold standard for me as an album would probably be OK Computer. Mm. Yeah, that's that's probably the gold standard for me. Um, and I, I'm trying to think of like other other albums that like that get to that level. But, yeah. But, I mean, Really not any song in OK Computer that I don't like. Yeah. Except for like the better, stronger, or whatever that one, fitter, happier. Yeah, that song is kind of weird, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's kind of what you get with Radiohead. It's just experimental stuff. I, I think uh, I think other albums that I like that kind of get close to the gold standard are a few of the From Bottoms albums. The, mm-hmm. the first one that had flashlight was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, but back back to this. If I'm reading it against like other albums, I'd say like about a, like a B minus. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's just not something like I I feel like I get listen to some of the hits like I I think little things was a pretty good. I think come down was pretty good. Everything's in. <laughs> Everything's then I'd probably just listen to just just to hear Go to LA Find my asshole brother <laughs> Yeah that's I mean that's uh, uh, that's great. Glycerine I, I mean Glycerine I, I've always thought is an okay song. And Machine Head, I mean if I ever had to get myself pumped up, I guess I'd do Yeah. That. Dude uh, by the way, sorry to interrupt you again. How come uh, how come like glycerine hasn't been memed to death? You know, I feel like that song's very memeable. I, I think so. I mean, pretty much everything Bush related should be memeable to like to either Bush light, bushes, or like the Bush family. Yeah. Or Bush League. Hmm. There's just a ton of different stuff. Yeah. That that they could be memeing off of. Yeah. So I, I I agree with you there. It should be 
she should be a little bit more memeable if if that's that's a word. Yeah, I think so. Do you do you want to do the bonus content about Woodstock '99? Sure, of course. All right, uh, take it away. You're you're more of an expert here. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> here, okay. So the first thing that I want to show is this is a song that I think they made later after six. 16- Stone called The Chemicals Between Us. Mm-hmm. This is an attempt of Gavin Bush trying to <laughs> trying to dismantle racism by saying that he's a black man. <laughs> by the way, this is the point of the concert where he still has his shirt on. For those of you that are curious. But I think he takes his shirt off right here. Yep, yep, here it goes. Yep. You hear the air, airy background noise? Yeah. If you can hear the crowd cheering, that's the point where he actually took his shirt off. Oh. Yeah, he's a white man, he's a black man, he's an American and an Englishman. That's like that's like the traditional Woodstock things to say. It's just like togetherness and anti warness. Yeah. I mean it's also very like reflective of like the nineties when like to be to be anti racist was to be like colorblind and be like, We're all the same, like I don't see color and now it's like you say I don't see color and it's like you're going to get attacked for being, like, problematic because yeah. you should see color. I don't know. It's a it's a whole nother conversation, but... Sure, yeah. Some Apparently there's some Boy Scouts at my front door, if you can hear my dog barking. Yeah. I don't know if I should go down there and... Uh, I guess they left. You should just be like, hey, hey, kids, want to be in a podcast? <laughs> yeah, just... hey, kids, you want to talk about post-grunge? <laughs> just... <laughs> Just like almost be like a, a door-to-door missionary, but I just be in my own house and be like, "Hey, I know you wanted me to sell me something, but <laughs> have you ever heard about Bush?" <laughs> so here's another one: Forty Miles from the Sun. I think I think there's a point in between this where some guy leads a chant about the F word. <laughs> Here, let me fast forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, all he did was just leading the, you know, spelling of the F word. And apparently that was just like such a inspiring thing to do for him. Yeah. Wait, wh- that, wait when does Gavin so- start doing it, though? You showed me that earlier. Oh, uh, where, oh, <laughs> the effing up? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing was, he, so he did that right before 40 Miles from the sun which I think is how the band uh, 30 seconds to Mars got their name <laughs> yeah for, um, 40 miles from uh, the sun is 30 seconds to Mars if you're going fast enough true 
Um, so here's another one from, it's right in between, this is all the same concert, by the way. This is right in between the song Effing Up and Come Down. So. Okay. Wait. <laughs> Here, let me. So, so I apparently Woodstock '99 is kind of infamous for just having really awful bands. Like I'm looking at it right now, they had. A, um, well, I'll, I'll say the most awful ones first. Some, you know, there's more nuance. But Kid Rock performed uh, along with Limp Biscuit. <laughs> so on the West Stage, uh, both Buck Cherry and Insane Clown Posse performed. And then the East Stage, you had in this order: the off, the Offspring, Corn, and then Bush. <laughs> Imagine staying around all day for those three in a row. Just, yeah. just imagine the Offspring, well, then okay, Corn, so then it, Bush. It, it sounds like <laughs> okay. Whenever he's like, whenever Bush, whenever uh, Gavin is making this like reference to like. You know, oh, there's, you know, I'm colorblind and like all this stuff and like, but I feel like the rest of of the bands, the rest of the artists, if you had to put them all in the bucket, it's all white trash like artists. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Creed was there too. <laughs> CCR or like actual Creed. Actual Creed. Ah. The original Creed. The original Creed. The other one was just a cover band. Um, yeah. Apparently, those those Boy Scouts that came to my door, they were delivering my popcorn. So I forgot about that. (laughs) I I bought the popcorn. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I I missed my opportunity to get the to get the popcorn. Oh man! Well, that's all. So, what, what was that? Umbop? Dude, <laughs> someone needs to mix together Umbop with that part of Freak on a Leash. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah. So, so I guess to wrap this up, I mean, it really wasn't. Well, it's not bad musically. Lyrically, it didn't really make a sense. Some songs did, some most songs didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, all around, I, I mean, I, I don't think I would ever see myself listening to the Hinder album that we went through. Um, but I think I would. I think I would definitely listen to some of these songs again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but, there, there's some good ones. I mean. It, it's one of those albums where, like, you kind of listen to it for, like, a little bit, and it just kind of wears you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
It wears me uh, out. It wears me out. Uh. Do you have any more bonus content? Dude, not not really. Um, follow us on at CYTMH podcast. There actually is going to be a funny picture this week, and I won't give it away. Um, but maybe you can infer. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you, do you have a, a better send-off than Don't Stop Dancing? That was only appropriate, like, the first episode with Creed. Uh, um, Bad Moon Wide again? Till next time? <laughs> no, I think the best one would, would probably... The best way to finish this one would just to be talking about using a generic ex-girlfriend cliche and just repeating it for 45 seconds. Oh, oh, what, what was it? Well, we can both do it at the same time. Um, you only call me when you're low. Something like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay, here we go. So, guys, uh, until next time. You only call me when you're down. You only call me when you're down.